What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. I don't think is a sad boy today, Kowal. And we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going? Graham's going pretty well. We're sitting in the Graham Waldrop studio. We got some sunshine led in this room for the first time, probably ever, right? No. Yeah. Not ever. Maybe when you've been here trying to record the podcast. I've, I've been here a few, for a few things besides podcasts. True. Graham likes the darkness. I do. I do. Could have to, something to do with that seasonal depression of yours. It could, but I think it's also just I'm too lazy to get up and open the blinds <laughs> and turn on a light. Um, sorry enough to have to work all day in here, Adam. Uh, I can't be asked to do anything else. I think next winter I'm going to treat you like some old man. I'll come over here during the day, put you in your wheelchair... Put a blanket on your lap, just roll you out into the sun, let you sit there for 15 minutes, and then uh, roll you back in. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Sounds like a nice uh, a nice afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> play some checkers. Play some checkers. Definitely can't play chess. Got to play checkers. Marbles. You ever play Maybe. marbles? Yeah, marbles is fun. Yeah. Don't have a lot of control over it, but it's fun. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're not good, you don't have control. Sure. You should also tell that to the Atlanta Falcons, Adam. Interesting segue. Let's see where you're going with it. I'm saying basically that they let things spiral out of control with their salary cap over the last four to five seasons, and now they're out of control. And basically in the midst of a full-scale rebuild, um, that is about three years too late, in my opinion. Sure, sure. Yeah, Arthur Blank said some words this week. He just made me, like, the more he opens his mouth, the more I just do not like him as an owner anymore um he talked about pursuing Deshaun Watson him and Arthur Smith were so uh I don't know what the word they were just so opaque on what they were really doing they're like we were just exploring it we were exploring it as if you you're making a big decision to do this because by doing this you're alienating your franchise quarterback and then you're putting the future of the franchise in jeopardy potentially with having to give up like three first round picks and all this other shit for Deshaun Watson um if you were to get him so you weren't just exploring this. You were you told Matt Ryan to move the bonus. Or you guys agreed with Matt Ryan to move the bonus that he was supposed to have to that next Monday because you thought Deshaun Watson was coming here. You were not just exploring things. It's just a bunch of bullshit. Just be straight up with the fan base. You have nothing to lose. You've already alienated them completely. Well, this comes back to what we've discussed a thousand times where I think Arthur has been great for the city. Yes. In terms of the excitement he initially brought when he was the owner. Well, what he, he obviously spends the money. He obviously wants to win. He wants to win. But he's just too involved. Way too and involved. And if you're telling me that that wasn't him pushing hard for Deshaun Watson, I have a hard time believing it. Because he kept going back to, oh, we have we know this guy. We have like a 10-year relationship with it. But we're talking about when he was a child and like a ball boy for the Falcons. That's the relationship he's referencing. Right. You can't equate what he was as a child to what he is now as a man. It, yeah, it's not the same. And Arthur lives in the past, and he doesn't think about the future enough, and he gets way too involved in everything, and he can't, because he's so involved, he can't make good business decisions around this football team. Um, it was also interesting to hear him talking about Matt Ryan's contract, and he's like, you can't play, you can't pay a guy until he's 100, and like he kind of blamed Dimitrov for all the extensions. He was like, it's like a credit card. Eventually you have to pay it. Right. And that's what we're doing this year. And he said, he's like, you know, I have a little bit of input, but that's that's the, the football guy's decisions. I have a hard time believe that Mr. He's Falcons for Life he's didn't have shit. 
anything to do with all the contract extensions. I mean, think about how much he talks to the media. Do you ever, like, other than Jerry Jones, I can't think of another owner who talks more to the media in the NFL. And Jerry Jones is also the general manager, so it makes sense. Um, But, you know, you never see Steve Bushotti talking to the media and the Ravens owner. You know, you you hardly ever see the Maras talking to uh, the press who are the Giants owners. Um, You know, it's just like, I don't know, man. Arthur is way too involved and and still to the detriment of this franchise. And the thing that was so rich about it was him saying, oh, you know, you you can't pay the guy who's 100 like you were saying and all this shit. But it's like, yeah, you know how much money you're going to have to pay Deshaun Watson? You know what it took for him to go to the Browns? $238 million guaranteed. So you're pretty much, even though you are getting a better quarterback, if you got Deshaun Watson, you are still going to have to pay him a shit ton of money. You have the same problem that you would have with Matt Ryan. You're paying a quarterback a shit ton of money with a bad football team. You can't put the pieces around him to win a championship. It would be the same damn thing. He clearly knows this, though, because he, he brought up the fact that the only quarterback, the only team that has ever won a Super Bowl with one player making 20% of the entire payroll was... Peyton Manning, I think it was when he was with the Broncos, like his mm-hmm. last year. So he knows that. Right. And Matt Ryan was around 20% of our entire payroll. At least. So I mean, we have $62 million in dead cap from Matt and Julio. The good news is, next year, we're in the clear, baby. Well, yeah, $100 million in cap space to spend. Well, this is why I've been wanting us to do this for so long, is because it's like the year you actually do rip off the Band-Aid, which is finally happening you're going to take it on the chin that year. You're not going to win a lot of games. It's just the way it is. You can't build a competitive football team and you have $50, $60 million of dead cap against your shadow cap. You're literally paying people who aren't here a shit ton of money. You know, we haven't really formally discussed the Matt Ryan Ryan being traded um, and what that means because that happened right before or right after we recorded our last episode. But it was expected, I think. When, When word came out that Sean Watson was not coming here, we, I think we all, I mean, we talked about it last, last week. There was like zero chance Matt was sticking around probably. And um, so I was, I was less disheartened about Matt Ryan leaving than I was Freddie Freeman. But still, it still broke me up a little bit because I love Matt. I'm a huge Matt defender. He's the best Falcon in franchise history. He holds every record that, uh, of any quarterback in, in the history of the franchise. Um, he's, the most, he's the winningest quarterback. And uh, he, he has always been a great teammate and a, and, a, and a great advocate for the city uh, and through his philanthropic efforts and um, always been the consummate teammate and the consummate quarterback and exactly the kind of person you want leading your franchise. And he was damn good at it. Um, I know there's a lot of detractors out there, but you can put Tom Brady behind this offensive line. He ain't winning shit either. So it's like, I love Matt Ryan. I wish him the best in Indianapolis, um, but it's, it's very sad to see him go. I was there for his first game back in 08, and I was there for his last game against the Saints. And the juxtaposition between those two feelings I had um, was just insane. Like when we went to go see him against the, uh, I can't remember who we played, I think it was the Vikings. It was like, oh my God, we have this new quarterback. And the first pass he ever throws is a bullet to Michael Jenkins. We're like, oh, holy shit. So much excitement. And we cruised to an easy victory. Um, you know, the year after the Mike Vick dogfighting scandal. And now, you know, going to that last game against the Saints, there's no energy in the stands. No one gives a shit. Everyone's just there because they kind of have to be. And, and it was just the writing was on the wall. And it was just so pathetic. Not from Matt, but just from the, where the franchise is right now. Or where it was in, uh, uh, whenever it was, December of last year. And, and that's, I'm sure that's a huge piece of why he was wanting to bring in Deshaun, is to re-energize the city. Yes. 
put butts in the seats again. But you still have a shitty football team with a good quarterback, and you weren't going to win anything for a couple of years. You're, you're trading one bad situation for another, in my opinion, if you had brought in Deshaun. But how did you feel when Matt was, was dealt as, as a fan? I mean, overall, I, I'm glad we did it. I'm pissed that it was a year too late. Like, we could have at, been... At least. Yeah, and like, with the quarterback draft class and how lacking it is... I don't really think we're going to take one this year. It would be a huge mistake and to take one. Like now we need to wait till next year where we could have been you know, developing fields at this point and been ready to roll next yes. year going into year three of him. Or Lance. or Yeah, or Lance, whatever. Although, no, Lance was taken before. He was, but maybe you would have been more aggressive to get him yeah. right? if you didn't have yeah. that. Uh, so that's really annoying. But I, I did find myself as just so strange losing two Atlanta just like icons over the last – 10, 12 years and Freddie Freeman and Matt Ryan in the same week. And for whatever reason, I think it was just watching that damn Dodgers press conference with Freddie Freeman. Like, I feel like this right now, just because I'm watching that, it's like a good riddance. We're moving on. You screwed up, Freddie. Whereas with Matt Ryan, I felt kind of a little more sad. I did too. Just like realizing how long he's been here. Like, we've had competitive football for a long time because of him. And um, we never. I, I don't it. like the way he went out. Yeah. It sucks for him. It was like the Braves and the Falcons just did things the complete opposite. And you kind of see why each of those franchises are where they currently are at in terms of success levels. Right, their leadership. And which is interesting because we always, at least I always harp on wanting an individual to own the Braves. But you can see what happens when you have an individual who doesn't know how to run a, a football team or a sports organization be the guy in charge and how disastrously it you can appreciate go. Liberty media. They're just like, Hey, here's your budget. You're a badass GM. Go do with it what you can. Well, you look at what you look at what Anthopolis does over somebody like Frank Wren and it's, it's, it's night and day. Anthopolis would never give out a five year, $70 million contract to BJ Upton. He would never have done it. Yeah. He would have seen, Oh my God, this guy strikes out like crazy. He has a sub 300 on base percentage. Um, and he's only, and we're going to bring him in here for five more years when he's turning 30. This is a disaster. Yeah, he had 30 home runs that year, but, you know, 15 of those came in a really hot stretch in September. He would never done something like that. So, yeah, Anthopolis has constraints on him, but he's able to make things happen in a way that other general managers could not. It's all about who your general manager is, really, at the end of the day, and also not having, maybe not having meddling ownership. If you have that right team in place, it's a good thing. It's, it's worked out for Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves, certainly. Well, also don't sleep on the fact that the Braves now have, like, a top six payroll at all of baseball. It's risen, yeah, because yeah. of the World Series, yeah. Yeah, so it's, that it's not like we're the freaking Orioles. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, Orioles, I think, about 35. The, it's not the Braves of old where we're always, like, around the middle of the pack. Right. Like, we're, we're up there now. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, it's cool to see that. I mean, we used to be top ten in, in uh, payroll in the 90s, but it's sort of, that dissipated once Liberty Media got more involved. Um, but, yeah, they, they are actually letting the Braves spend more money. I mean, we, we talk about, um, we, we missed, you know, Kenley Jansen signed with the Braves since last time we had the show. Yeah, that was unexpected. That was really unexpected. I think it was only a one-year deal, right, for $16 million. But a lot of people are down on Kenley. Uh, still a very, very good closer. Still had a like a 2-2 ERA with a 38 saves last year. I mean, he's no joke. He's no pushover. He might not be as dominant as he once was or still have the same velocity, but that, that makes your bullpen arguably the best in baseball with bringing him and McHugh in here. Um, so, I mean, I really like that move. And um, But, yeah, just to go back to the Falcons real quick, it just seems 
I don't know why, Adam, we've been talking for like two years now, at least, about how the writing's on the wall for this team. Why can't we rip the bandit off? Why can we see that? And Arthur Blank can't see that. I think it's just easier from an outsider's perspective to see it, whereas you're holding on to the possibility that, you know, things could come together. Yeah. There's zero injuries. Too close to the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which which brings up, now what do you want to do with Grady Jarrett? Try to trade him? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because this, I think this is his last year of his deal. So you got to trade him. How bad is it we only got a third-round pick from Matt Ryan, though? It sucks. And, and they talked about that. Arthur Smith and Fondo mentioned that they wanted to do right by Matt and send him somewhere. And I'm like... I think that's bullshit. I think it's bullshit, too. I think it was really saying they try to look good, just like they were saying, oh, we're only exploring Deshaun Watson. They're a bunch of liars, in my opinion. Um, I think it was more about... Um, they knew they had an upset quarterback. They knew they failed in their all-in maneuver to get Deshaun Watson, and they had zero leverage because then they were going to have to pay Matt, like, Eight million more dollars on top of what they were already going to pay him because of that that bonus or whatever that got moved to Monday. So they were fucked. They were a bunch of liars. Just say we screwed up. We needed to trade him, and that's the best we could do because we went all in on Deshaun Watson. It was a risk. It backfired. This is what happened. Yeah. I really do not like Smith and Fontenot right now. They are really souring. Ooh, less about a year into the regime, and they're on your shit list. Yeah, they're just making poor decisions. I don't know how much of that is is due to Arthur Blank's bullshit, but I mean, like the way they are. Uh, the way are they, they are answering questions and presenting their uh, viewpoint on things, I think is entirely, you know, it's just a bunch of falsehoods um, to me. It just comes, it rings hollow. Give me the truth. Treat, treat your fan base with respect. I think the problem is, and the reason they haven't, like, called it a rebuild, is, like, that's, those just aren't words you can use and expect anyone to want to come play for you at all. There's that. Like, how do you get free agents if you admit that you, you're rebuilding? You're not going to get any good free agents this year, though. You you, you got... Um, they, they did okay. They did okay. But you don't have enough money at this point. Now you're paying... Well, that's why you can't blame Fontenot. No, Fontenot, Fontenot was dealt a shitty hand. Like, like by Dimitrov and, and blank, for sure. But you, you, you can't bring anybody in here of, of value because, one, you are rebuilding. And even if you don't say it, everybody knows it. And two, you have no money. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. You know, Falcons take it on the chin this year. Um, and hopefully we do trade Grady Jarrett and get something more than a third-round pick. We need to get multiple draft picks for him. Yeah, I was pissed off when Matt only, only got thir- a third-round pick for Matt. I mean, Carson Wentz got two third-round picks. Matt's a much better quarterback than, than Wentz. Um, we got Marcus Mariota, though. Marcus Mariota is your new quarterback. Two-year, what? $19 million deal, $18 million deal, like some that. bullshit. I mean, this is exactly what you want to do in this situation when you are rebuilding. You do not want to draft a rookie. People are talking about drafting Malik Willis or Malik Willis. It would be a disaster. You do not want to put a rookie behind this offensive line. It will destroy his confidence. Well, you could still draft him and play him behind. Mariota. You could, but you have to really view him as the true heir apparent. You and can't miss. You can't miss, and I don't think this quarterback draft class, from what I've heard, and we've talked about this, we're college football idiots. We don't know a lot about the college football game. But he doesn't seem like, from what I'm hearing, the kind of guy that maybe he can, but it just doesn't seem like as sure a thing, you know, as uh, maybe someone in the future, in a future draft. So I would just not – and the one thing you also need to do is, is you don't need to spend a high draft pick on quarterback because you have so many more holes. You've got to spend on receiver 
defensive line and offensive line. Those are your main issues. I mean, you have issues everywhere, but those are the three big issues I see on this team. To draft, to, to waste a pick, not, I'm going to say waste, but use a pick on a quarterback when you have so much other shit that you need to fill up. You know, build a team first and then get your quarterback in there. That would be the ideal scenario. So I hope they don't draft a quarterback in the, t- the, the eighth pick and they go offensive line or defensive line, or if you think there's a really good receiver, go get them. But do not draft a quarterback. Do not draft a running back. Like, stop it. A lot of mock drafts have, have us taken some safety that's supposed to be a stud. I wouldn't do it. Offensive line, the trenches. Well, the thing is, the way you win in the NFL is you is you is you attack the quarterback and you protect the quarterback. And when you're rebuilding, that's, that should be your point of emphasis. And that's the reason why the Falcons have never won the Super Bowl, is because they've we've always had a bad defensive line or or a subpar to maybe decent offensive line for the last I don't know eight years. And then the defensive line goes back even longer than that. We've never had a really good defensive line since the Michael Vick days. We've had good players on the defensive line, but never a complete unit. Sure, that's been sure, really sure. good. So we gotta fortify that. If we don't do that, I really will lose all faith in Fontenot. If he if he goes around and drafts a quarterback in the first round, I'm just gonna I might break my glasses in half and then go get my backup pair and put them on. I mean, you gotta draft a quarterback at some point, though. You do, like, but would you want to draft a quarterback this year with all the other holes on this team? If there were a good one, hundred percent. Okay. Know. If they think they got their guy, yeah. If you could trade back, take a couple of those second round picks and trade back into the first round. You could. There's a number of ways to approach it. I just think you gotta figure out a way to build around whoever your quarterback will become. What do I know? What do any of us know? It's just Falcons are in turmoil for sure. They've been in turmoil for a while. But I think the funniest thing too is like the the R word, the rebuild word you're talking about. When you when you're talking about how it's going to alienate people or free agents from coming here, I thought you were going to talk about the fans from coming to the game. And I was like, no one goes to the game anyway. <laughs> this is pretty funny. So I was talking to a Falcons season ticket holder today who hadn't gone the last two years because of COVID. They gave her like the option of like pushing the tickets to the next year or something sure. like that. And I was asking her what she thought about the whole Matt Ryan thing. And she was sad about Matt Ryan, glad Deshaun Watson thing didn't happen. Um, I was like, so you pushing your tickets back another year? Are they giving you that option? She's like, no, I'm going. Like, this is the time our team needs us to support them. Can't jump off the bandwagon. And That's a good fan. Yep. And I was like, well, surely maybe they're going to cut your tickets a little bit. She's like, nope. $20 more expensive to each game. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. These PSLs, man, twenty dollars. He's got to get rid of those, man. Like that's it's well, he can't. I don't think he can re- refund the PSLs. I don't think he can renege on it because you would have to refund the PSLs. You lose tons of money. I don't know how much money, but hundreds of thousands. Well, of that's dollars. when the fans started disappearing. Was when that happened. Yeah, they started, but I think. I mean, if you think about it, even when the Falcons were super competitive, there would be plenty of regular season games where you know even the Georgia Dome would not be that packed. Um, you know, it's, it's just like, it's always been an iffy thing with, 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 uh, Falcons fans, I feel like in terms of actually going out to, going out to games. Now, I don't blame anybody. I mean, hell, I went to three games last year. None of those, none of that was planned, but I did. Um, only the Panthers game was really fun. The other two games they, they lost and it was miserable. I mean, but the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is this is like, I don't think you can expressly say it's about the product on the field because there have been really good teams here particularly in the Matt Ryan seasons, that haven't had the full-fledged support that I think they deserve. And that's not to say we've never come out and really supported the Falcons. We have, but I'm just saying 
it's not unprecedented to see a half-empty stadium for Falcons team. It's not just a new thing that's occurring over the last few seasons because we suck. The Falcons need their Trey Young. They need their Ronald Acuna Jr. They need someone. Some young, exciting yes. stud. I think also, yeah, it's like ever since the Super Bowl season. I mean, the year after the Super Bowl, we went to the Super Bowl. We, we opened the, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You know, you just went to the Super Bowl. Yes, it ended in the worst conceivable way. But, I mean, I went to a couple of games that year, and I just like, the energy was just not there. It was so weird. And we had a decent team that season, but you still only had, and maybe you're right, maybe the PSLs really killed it for everybody. Um, but it's just it's just interesting how much after that Super Bowl loss, like things really started going downward. Even though you had a team that was still good, that won the won a game in the playoffs, it was still like people weren't really showing up. It's crazy how quickly things can turn around. I really thought we had like a five year window. To oh, me win too. A Super Bowl. Me too. That. It, is, it is nuts to think about how you go from that and you don't even come close. Yeah. I mean, we went to the playoffs next year and won a game, but that team. Offensively was a disaster. That was the one. Defensively was a beast. Though. Defensively was a top ten defense. Didn't get a lot of sacks, but they they were holding people to like twenty two points a game or something. They were doing a good job. They were top fifteen, I think, in run D, top ten in pass D. They were solid defense. It sucked that that the offense just fell off a cliff. I and mean, we would we could have won the Super Bowl that year if the offense hadn't um, failed us in terms of their cohesion. I don't know what the hell happened. That was the Sark, you know, when Sark first came. I don't know, man. The Falcons are. Like the Hawks are a frustrating team franchise to discuss. Currently. 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 Draft coming up in April. Yes. Kind of excited to see what direction they go. But uh, That'll be must-watch TV, I think. It's going to be fascinating. Whatever Fontenot does with that first pick is going to tell me a lot about his strategy. If he goes quarterback, then, and, and like, and we, you know, did not take, like, a really good pass rusher. A guy that blows up in the league gets like like a like a like Micah Parsons. There's his name Mika. Is it Mika or Micah? Micah. Micah. Micah Parsons. When, you know we didn't take him, and it's like, and we had talked about him being a guy that we wanted to take. Like I would just hate if we draft a quarterback, in a year when we're not going to do anything, and we, there's some beast defensive lineman or offensive lineman that has just an amazing year that we could have drafted with that pick, and we missed out on him. Uh, that that's just going to kill me. Apparently, the Panthers are all over Malik Willis, mm. and they pick in front of us two spots before us. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll see, Graham. But for the love of God, can we get off the Falcons and yes. talk about the Braves? Let's so. talk about the Braves. Thank you. Um, yes, let's talk about the Braves. Kenley Jansen's here, Adam. Like we mentioned, very exciting. Yes, that was I think the last move Anthopolis has made of significance. That was a baller move, man. Yeah, like no one expected that to happen. We no. all thought that like. If there's any payroll left, we're saving it for like mid-season acquisitions like mm-hmm. we've kind of done in the past. But if you looked at all the needs on the team, still kind of center fielder, maybe a back of the end rotation guy. Yeah. You look at the bullpen, we're like, we're loaded there. Oh, bullpen is arguably the best. But, but like before paper. getting Jansen, it's like, why would why would we ever do that? But now that you do it, you gotta like it. A lot of guys last year pitched a ton, and now we can just work these guys like you don't just have to run Jackson, Matzik, Will Smith every day. Like you can get Will Smith in there for some saves when Jansen's pitched a couple days in a row. Yeah. Like you can really you feel confident. You can really work this thing. Yeah. And I'm hoping Will Smith continues his run from mid September and is still as dominant as he as he was from then to, through the playoffs. But yeah, let's 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 look at the relievers real quick. Jansen, McHugh, Matzik, Smith, Mentor, Jackson. Uh, Darren O'Day, 
and then your last two options are kind of open. Um, and Darren O'Day is still on a minor league deal, but like those six, so you got Jansen McHugh, Madsick Smith, Mentor Jackson. But I mean, you could go. Awesome. Yeah, I mean that, that's awesome. Um, Spencer Strider. He's I don't a, know. Did you watch him pitch the other day? I did not. I heard he. So th- this is the did pretty well, right? Yeah, this yeah. The, the pitcher out of Clemson, who like pretty much went through every single level of the minor leagues last year and made it to the majors at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Hundred mile an hour fastball, disgusting slider. Could potentially be a starter, but I mean, if if you can get him the back of that bullpen as well. Like he is, he is dirty. And this uh, Tyler Thornburg was another free agent we signed. Yeah, he had a good day today, apparently, and not a good day Monday as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I watched him pitch. I think that was Monday's game. I watched a little bit of that one. Yeah, and one and two thirds. He looked solid. Like yeah. he was a stud back in the day. So you gotta like where the bullpen's at. Your boy Sean Newcomb might be an option at him too. He's out. Of, he's out of uh, minor league options, yeah. and they might just put him on the the roster at the beginning of the season just to see if he has anything. Yeah, I would have. I would just move on from him, but again, what do I know? Right. Um, got to trust an Anthopolis. Got to trust an Anthopolis. And when your back's against the wall with no options left, you kind of have to see if a guy has has any potential, I guess. But I, I feel like the potential is tapped out on Sean Newcomb at this point. I'm interested in terms of what's going on in the rotation, though, because you got Max Freed was selected as the opening day starter. We knew it was either going to be Morton or Freed. It was Morton. They announced it uh, today when we're recording, March 30th. And so you got, we know, Freed, Morton, Anderson, top three, 100%. Not changing. Um, after that, it becomes murky. You got Huasker, your boy. Uh, Davidson, Tucker I'm Davidson. I'm glad it's Huasker sees it again. I'm glad Just hearing you say Huasker like yeah. that. Huasker. It's, it's a good time of year. Yeah, Kyle Wright, we talked about him last week. I really am looking forward to seeing what he does this year. He was huge in the World Series, particularly in Game 4. I think we threw like four and two-thirds innings. Um and he's pitching relief to really bridge the gap to the bullpen in that game. Um, and we could potentially see Strider there as well. I just don't know how that back end of the rotation is going to shape up. Yeah, you got Kyle Muller as well. But, I mean, I, I think Snitker hinted that Wasker and Kyle Wright are certainly in the lead there. I think you know Snitker always talks about how Wasker was our best pitcher for the first month and a half of the season last year until he was a dumbass and punched a dugout bench. So, but he Snitker remembers that he Kyle's been around for like four years now. It's put up our show it's, time for him. It's kind of his time. Yeah, and um, he's a lot more seasoned now. So yeah, I'm excited to see those guys. I'm excited that we have the depth of Tucker Davidson, of Kyle Muller, of Strider, other guys in the minors who I'm sure like like every single year, you always need a bunch of arms. Yeah, kind of glad Bryce Wilson isn't around anymore. I was kind of sick of talking about him. I really liked Bryce Wilson. But um, although yeah. we did get old bum arm Richard Rodriguez for him, we so did. That was a way a bad Anthopolis deal. You're not going to hit on. We him never talk deal. about the misses. Yeah, you're never going to. Well, remember Jose Bautista? You love that shit when he signed him in. Oh, that was just 2018. A, that was that was a mean nothing free agent sign. Like it's still had like, to pay him a million dollars. Oh, who cares? Back then we were pinching pennies. I didn't like it. Million dollars. Like, that's that's nothing to Liberty Media. No. Anyway, you didn't give up a young. No, you didn't. He was he was a free agent, Jose Bautista. You were psyched about it. Though. I said it wasn't going to work. You were like, "Oh yeah, he's going to come in, ball had thirty bombs, that short porch in right field." I don't think I said all that. You were excited. Why would I talk about the right porch? He's a left-handed. I mean, a right-handed hitter. That makes no sense. Because he's an opposite field hitter. No. You, you love it. No, um, he's a 
Uh, you were excited, though. You were excited. I think sometimes you think if someone doesn't just show complete disgust in something, that means you're excited. You were very excited. But you go back and listen to some shows from 2018 or whenever it was, you would... we got to get intern Jared on that one. Yeah. Go back to episode 47. I mean, make sure it was sometime, probably March or April of whatever year. I would definitely confirm the year before just... Was it 18, you think? It was either 17 or 18, but we talked yeah, about it on we, the show. That'll be a quick Google search, Jared. Yeah. You can find it. Yeah. Uh, is that really much else going on with the Braves? I know Ian Anderson got shelled today. People were very concerned about that. He didn't make it out of the first inning against Boston's everyday lineup. I don't care. Ian Anderson showed me enough over the last two seasons for me to trust him. So one bad spring training start isn't going to make me uh, want to jump through a window. But we'll see what happens to the rest of this lineup, too, like you're talking about. I mean, center field is certainly a question. I'm fine with Adam Duvall sticking there um, to start the year, and I'm kind of okay if he wants to stay there as long as he's uh, still playing good defense and being productive at the plate. Because um, I'd rather, even though Acuna is probably a better defensive center fielder at this point, I don't want to put more stress on his uh, on his knee than, than need be. And you sure as hell don't want... Marcelo Zuna playing in the outfield. Is Michael Harris still in big league camp right now? No, he was, I think, sent down. Oh, West. was he? Yeah. Damn. I yeah. was kind of still holding out some hope that they would just roll with him, but yeah. maybe later in the year. Yeah, do you got anything else you want to hit on the Braves? No, I think we'll go a little more in-depth into the lineup next week. Yeah, next week. Normally today today was supposed to be, or maybe tomorrow was supposed to be opening day. Right. Until we lost a week of the season, but right. still, we're, we're grateful we got what we got. Yeah, we got a whole season. Yep. But yeah, we'll do a big, big ass Braves preview show, or uh, next week, or we'll just you know, or, re- we'll, or, or skip it, or we'll just replay what we uh, we said this week in the last two weeks and just throw it in there and say that's your Braves preview show and mash it up. Yeah, exactly. No, we'll have we'll have a big preview show next week. Adam, let's uh, take a break and hear a word from our friends from DraftKings, and when we come back, I have a insider scoop on a particular Hawks player. That's my tease. That uh, that I witnessed in person last week in San Francisco. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to blow your mind. Wow. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round, or who will hit the most three-pointers, and then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. That's promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or over to play. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I mentioned on the last show, last week I was in uh, San Francisco. And on, a, of course, podcast business, official podcast business. I want to thank you again for, for uh, letting me stay at the St. Regis Hotel uh, in, in San Francisco. It was very nice. Did you sell our rights to, like, ABC or something? Uh think like uh, UPN. Okay. Yeah, so we'll, take it. We'll, we'll get as much money as uh, ABC or some 
radio affiliate. But, you know, UPN, they were a big deal back in 1997. Maybe not as much now. I mean, starting a podcast channel might be a good way for them to go. Yeah. Sort of... Uh, People like podcasts nowadays. Yeah, reinvent the wheel yeah. uh, a little bit at, at UPN. And uh, so during those negotiations, you know, it was, it was fraught and hard with UPN trying to work out a work out a deal. But every night I go to the St. Regis Bar, have a few drinks before I went to sleep. It was sort of... Uh, you know, go out all day, come back, hang out. Um, I want to give a quick shout out. I probably won't listen to this, but uh, if you go to the St. Regis in San Francisco, Eric the bartender is arguably the best bartender in the world. He makes immaculate cocktails. He's very knowledgeable about the area. A pleasant man to be around. Um, so if you're there, ask for him. He's fantastic. And anyway... <laughs> um, is that kind of a... Like, you have a different bartender... And they come approach you, ask you, what do you want to drink? And you say, no, I, I like Eric. Eric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's there every day. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. The bar no. opens at five. He stays there till close. So poor Jessica is not going to get any business if Eric's around. No. It was actually, I felt bad too. The last night we were there, there wasn't a, any room at the bar. And the waitress brought us some menus. And then the bar, you know, three seats cleared out at, at the bar. And we, we were like, oh, we haven't ordered anything. Let's go. Let's go to the bar. So poor that young lady, we'll call her Jessica for the sake of your uh, story, received uh, nothing from us. So, um, that's yeah, tough. that's tough. That's tough. But when you're as good as Eric, then, um, you know, it's just the, the, the cost of doing business, unfortunately. Anyway, last night I was there, which was Wednesday, the last Wednesday night. Uh, we're sitting at the bar, and a guy walks up to, guy walks up to an area where you stand and order at the bar. And... Uh, uh, correspondent Joseph was with me. He hits me on the arm. He says, dude, that's Lou Williams over there. Like, right there. And I was like, get the hell out of here. I looked at him. I was like, shit, that is Lou. Now, what was interesting about this, Adam, is the Hawks weren't in town to play the Warriors or anything. They were playing Detroit that night. I saw your your live tweets about the game, about the Detroit game, how Detroit went on like a 20-0 run and all this stuff. And I was like, this is hilarious. It was disgusting. Yeah. And so I, I was like, I told jo- uh, Joseph, I was like, well... I know we're playing Detroit tonight. We're getting our asses kicked. So why would Lou be here? And I looked and I saw Lou was out for personal reasons. So for whatever reason, Lou Williams was in San Francisco last week doing something. But he grabbed his glass of wine and walked away. We never saw him again for the rest of the night. But Lou Williams was in San Francisco last weekend. Not sure what he was doing. Didn't get a chance to chat with him. I wanted to buy him his glass of wine. But before I could make a move, he was already leaving the bar. I don't understand, first of all, your desire to buy a multimillionaire a glass of wine. I I did that with Nick Offerman. I ran to him him like 10 years ago in Wilmington, North Carolina. He was filming something. I kept seeing him. I was like, I can't beat Nick Offerman. What the hell is he doing in Wilmington? Back then, Wilmington was a hub for film. And I was like, oh, shit. It is him. The the bartender told us and got him him the beer he was drinking. He was drinking Corona Light. Out of respect. And he acknowledged us. Gave us a head nod. And... You know, it's your way of sort of interacting with a celebrity that you like without harassing them. Sure. So a little better than my attempt at talking to Joseph Martinez. That was hilarious. Yeah. You should tell people that story in case they haven't heard it. I mean, there's nothing to it. I was just after their first year of uh, playing, saw him sitting at a bar in the battery, mm-hmm. went up to him, started. I mean, I, it's not like I was accosting the guy. No. Just something along the lines of, hey, you guys are really awesome. I thought I kind of thought they were still small enough. Right. At that point. That, that he would show gratitude. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, it's really cool what you've done for the city. Not a big soccer guy myself. Blah, 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 blah. Enjoyed watching you. And he just stared at me. and Looked really 
upset I was there. Right. Turns out he doesn't really speak English that well, so maybe they just uncomfortable. That's another that. theory as yeah. well. Right, right. Um, but I was offended. But I, I guess I understand. <laughs> I understand what I understand what you're going for with yeah. the whole, uh, you know, maybe Lou strikes up a conversation, yeah. doesn't know you're part of a podcast, no. or you tell him you're part of a. Yeah, I say, Lou, you want to go back? I had my mic with me. I was like, Lou, you want to go back in the room and do a quick interview? <laughs> <laughs> do a quick remote pod. Remote pod. Uh, You'd probably call me. I would say no. Yeah. Like, I got Lou Willie was with me. I was like, I, I just I'm don't going care. To, yeah. I don't talk about the Hawks right now. Man. <laughs> right. It was probably like 1.30 uh, Eastern time at yeah, that point, yeah, too. Yeah, I certainly would not have done it. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I wonder what he was doing out there. You got nowadays. You got to assume maybe there's a death in the family. That's what I was thinking. Something along those lines. Because I saw that the Hawks were playing the Warriors like the next night, but they were um, they were it was in Atlanta, so he yeah. wasn't there yeah. like preemptively. So, well, that's a that's a fascinating insider tip. Chris. It really was. It really was big, big. I hope that tease was worth it and it paid off in spades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm going to be telling everyone about it tomorrow, right. as you should. Yeah. As you should. Around the water cooler. Yeah. Around the water cooler. Saw Lou Williams in San Francisco. A glass of wine. A glass of wine. A glass of red wine. He got that. He, I've never seen anyone walk away from the bar so fast though. He like got it and just went the fuck away. I don't have no idea where he went. Saw Greg Popovich there too. That was cool. The Spurs were in town. So I mean that. I mean it's not like Lou Williams is a free agent and trying to play anywhere else. No, it was weird. But that that's pretty much our Hawks report, Adam. I don't think we need to talk about this. Uh, as we mentioned, we really don't want to talk about the Hawks unless we have to. We'll talk about them when the playoffs happen. Yes. Whenever that is. Sometime in April. Soon. Yeah. It's soon. And that's... Uh, that's our Hawks report. That's your Hawks report. <laughs> I think it was a little better than our most our other Hawks. At least there was no, like, why are we talking about this? God, we hate our lives. Why is this team so inconsistent? It's Let's certainly see. the most enthusiastic you've been. I have, yeah. Talking about fun. the Hawks in about three months. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm telling you. After watching that, I mean, it, uh, I don't want to talk Hawks, Graham. Just but let it out. All let I'll out. say is like the way they lost to the Pistons, and then came back and beat the Warriors the other night. It pissed me off. I don't. I don't understand why. It's so predictable. Yeah. They and it's truly... the same talk about how they have a hard time getting up for regular season games. Well, the regular season's almost over. Yeah. We're battling here. If we get to the eight seed, we get to play a home game versus having to win two on the road. We ain't going to win two on the road. No. I want to be successful. I want this team to be successful, but like the, the lack of heart is just killing me, Graham. Yeah, it's frustrating. When, it, when a rebuilding team like the Pistons, what, you said 20-0 run or something like that? Yeah, and they were missing some of their better players, too. It's crazy. And the Hawks haven't earned the right to not want to get up for a regular season game. It's not like, you know, when it was Bosch and Wade and LeBron and they sort of coasted through the regular season and then the playoffs, yeah, they really turned a switch. Yeah. You're not good enough to do that. No. Unfortunately, the mindset's already been implemented in this team, and that's just how they are. And it's not a seven-game series, so no. be, be careful. Yeah, exactly. Or you can be going home real early. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our show. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for joining us today. Um, apologies to, was it Hugo or Mark, or Mark Andre that sent us a letter, Adam, that you failed to bring? Mm. Possibly Mark Andre. Yeah, I think it'll be funnier to read it on next week's episode. It's supposed to be it's very like, relevant to what's happening now. Well, it's right? supposed to be relevant to what happened last week, last but we had recorded like the previous Friday, uh-huh. so it's going to be even more out of date, right? And make him more angry. So sounds good. We could like I don't know record it virtually 
uh, remotely. Yeah, posthumously. And get it on this episode, but yeah. I, th- I think we do it uh, next week. Yeah, just because I want to open the paper. Yeah. See your your reaction. Sure. Yeah, both those guys are very surly. Mark Andre and Hugo. Whoever sent it. I mean, those 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 guys are are really up their craw about everything. Yeah. If you say anything to like slight them, just like a little bit. Yeah. They're gonna go off. Right. And it's so interesting. I mean, you could say they're almost. Uh, they're so similar. They might be the same person. Yeah. It's fascinating. Anyway. Um, yeah. Wraps up the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Until then, rise up, chop on. Unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality said. Hospitality said.